Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. It's such an easy thing to use to deal with your anxiety. When you eat when you're anxious, that can be the beginning of binge eating. You get into this habit of sort of medicating yourself with food. A lot of the overweight people that I saw had this. They were anxious as a child and they used food as a way of calming them down. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. Everyone and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're so glad you joined us. Mm. Oh my gosh. Hold on a second. It's great to be with you, Dr. Linda. <laughs> what what are you eating? I don't know. I saw these cookies that uh, they were on the counter. So I grabbed a few to bring with me. Are you are you hungry? What? Hungry. Oh, no. <laughs> You're not but, hungry. But the cookies were there, so I just grabbed them, which I know, as it turns out, is related to today's show on mindless eating. And yes, I am <laughs> mindlessly eating this cookie right now. Well, at least you're honest. And guess what, Chris? You're not alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many times have we said, I know I've said this a lot, why did I just eat that? I wasn't hungry. Did you ever we, say that? Are we counting? Yes. <laughs> a bunch. <laughs> well, if you finished your third cookie like Chris is doing now, mm, yes. mm. <laughs> or you eat the scraps, do you ever do this, off your child's plate? Indeed, oh, yes. That was, I did that all the time with my kids because I couldn't stand letting the food go to waste. Right. Or you make one too many trips to the buffet table, which we haven't really had buffets come back in a big no, way yet. No, But you're probably frustrated with yourself, and you're engaging in what we're calling, yes, mindless eating. So mindless eating isn't based on hunger, but it's all about using food for unintentional purposes, like maybe just because it's there, like Chris just said, or maybe comfort or stress reduction, or even sometimes we use food to feel good and Mm, have a reward. That's right. This is something we all do, but it can become a problem. It can lead to weight gain and become frustrating. Yes. Mindless eating can put on the pounds. It can. It can. And with so many of us struggling with our weight... Uh, we want to get a better handle on this one. And we do want to eat with intention. So think about the number of times you've been in front of the television and you're just snacking away. Do you do that in front of the TV? Now and then, yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. Popcorn is my thing. Or you just run out the door and you grab something to eat and take it in the car. Right, but then there's the smell of the cinnamon rolls at the mall. Oh, I know. Those are hard to resist. Oh, yeah. Eating out of the ice cream pint when there's just a little bit left, so let's just finish it off. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. And a lot of people do that as a break, when they have a breakup. You see that in the movies all the time, Chris. You know how people oh, yeah, sit yeah, in front yeah. of the, they just go to the ice cream, and then they're eating just right. mindlessly as they're talking about how much they are upset and sad. So you've actually just touched on a lot of the reasons why we eat mindlessly. So one of them is smell. Mm-hmm. Smell can trigger us to eat. Right. A scene food just on commercials or when you're in a restaurant, you're just kind of looking at all the food that keeps coming out and you go, hey, let's get one of those. <laughs> I've done that several times. Or sometimes people eat to cover negative feelings. Well, there is actually research behind. Have you ever been watching TV at 1030 at night and a Wendy's commercial comes on? I know. You're thinking, why would I do that? But then you think, wait, you know what? 
I could go for a hamburger about you, now. Okay, so I so I was driving by a one of those fast food. I don't know if it was a Wendy's. It was one of the fast food. It was like eleven mm-hmm. thirty at night. Right. There was a line right. a mile long. I'm thinking. I looked at Norman. I said, "Who's eating at this time of night?" Well, what they do is they know that by ten thirty at night, you're, you're, you may start to be feeling hungry. Yeah. So they put the the thought of the hamburger in your mind. So tomorrow at lunch. You go get the hamburger. Oh, my gosh. Or you go at that time of night because there was a line. I'm telling <laughs> just, you, there was a huge line. Just go now. That's right. You know, you know what's hard about mindless eating is that it's not that we don't know what to eat, right? So mm-hmm. we know we probably shouldn't get two double cheeseburgers. We know that. Right. But what we, we have all this information about portion sizes and healthy foods and exercising and all that. But it's the why we eat Mm. and feeling out of control. And I think a lot of it has to do because we have so many options. I was on a PBS special a number of years ago. It was called Surviving Abundance. And it was all about how much food is available. And then there are people all over the world that don't have enough. But in our country, it's about abundance. Well, along with that, do you know that we make about 200 food decisions a day? What? 200? That's what this says. That's <laughs> <laughs> the research. That's right. I guess it's right. <laughs> but we aren't even aware of, of most of them, and, and that makes mindless eating fairly easy to do. Yeah, that's a lot of unconscious food decisions here. Mm-hmm. No wonder it's so easy now that I'm making 200 of them a day. Right, yeah. You know, there's a lot of reasons why we eat when we're not hungry. Busyness was one that comes to mind. Rushing, convenience, comfort, stress, a lot of these. But we're going to give you tips on how to stop some of that mindless eating and eat with more intention. Let's begin with the most obvious reason. And you touched on this when you mentioned the the PBS special you were a part of. Food is just there. There's an abundance of it. And hunger doesn't really even have to be a part of it at all. You really get triggered when you see it, you want it. And that's that Pavlov type of response. Mm -hmm. You know, you see it, you want it, you eat it as conditioned. So a lot of us are just conditioned. We see something, we want it, like those TV commercials. So how do you become more mindful if this is basically automatic? Well, one of the things that really helps is if you put food out of sight. So Mm -hmm. out of sight, out of mind really works well with food. So when the commercials come on, change the commercial. Mm -hmm. Change it. They won't be tempted. Or the big one is put food away and don't let it sit on your counter. Don't have it in front of you. It's kind of like an alcoholic sitting in front of a bottle and going, I don't want to drink that. So out of sight, out of mind. Okay, so here's me. What if you see it and think, I shouldn't eat that. But I'm going to anyway. (laughs) I think that has a lot to do with deprivation. Mm -hmm. When we tell ourselves we shouldn't do something, then we want it even more. So a better strategy with that is to think to yourself, hmm, I could eat that. I could choose to do that. And then you don't really feel deprived of it. It puts the control back in you. And when you do that and you have that more sense of control, then it's easier to resist those temptations. But if you still struggle with it, one of the things you could do would be drink a full glass of water Mm -hmm. or just wait 15 minutes because we know from the research that if you wait 15 minutes, Chris, the urge to eat that thing will pass because it's not really based on hunger. And speaking of the sight of food, uh, you have some studies that really get to how important being mindful about this is. Let's talk about the chicken wing study. I know. This is a great study. (laughs) So here's what they did. The researchers provided the people in the study with an unlimited amount of chicken wings. Where was I when they <laughs> did, set You this should up? have volunteered for this one. This was a good one to volunteer for. Right. And they gave them to them while they were watching a long televised sporting event. Mm-hmm. I don't know which event it was. Half of the tables were continuously cleaned. 
So right. while the bones were left to accumulate on the other half. So you got one group, you're eating the chicken wings, they're taking the bones away. The other one, their bones are just kind of piling up in front of you. Well, people with the bones on their tables ate a third less hmm. uh, than the people who had them cleared away. Do you think this is why restaurants are so quick to want to clean your yeah. table off? Yeah. yeah, I think that has something to do with it. Seeing the bones made people more mindful of how, how, how much? much they were eating. Yeah, how much? So I guess the takeaway is uh, don't clear your plates off at the table. <laughs> yes. Do you do, Does your wife do that? Does she get up and clear things as you're eating? Some people do. Actually, we, it's me. It's you doing that? that? Yeah. See, mm -hmm. if you keep it there, you'll know how much you've eaten. Right, yeah. Here's another one. This one was kind of similar, but they used bottomless bowls of soup mm -hmm. that they continuously refilled. So here's what they did. Those who ate from the bottomless bowl consumed 73% more wow. than the people who had the normal bowls that doesn't, didn't continuously refill. Now, wouldn't that be a crazy... Wouldn't you kind of think, why am I eating so much soup Yeah. after a while? Right. But I don't know. Based on my Olive Garden experience... I can see that. And they do clear the bowls as well. They, they, they get those out of there. They do. And you can have a bottomless bowl of soup, right? Yes. I mm -hmm. guess you can, which means you're going to overeat. Right. So, um, you know, here's the interesting part of that study. The people who ate more soup didn't feel any fuller. Isn't that oh, wild? That is weird, yes. Yeah. Most of them also estimated that their calorie intake was the same as the ones that ate from the bowl of soup. So that's concerning. If you think eating five bowls of soup is the same as eating one. Right. I guess these two studies show us that people tend to rely on visual cues, such as the chicken bones or the mm -hmm. amount of soup left, to decide whether they're full or they're still hungry. So keep evidence of what you eat in front of you. Mm -hmm. uh, that could help you be more mindful. But then if it's just sitting around on the countertop. Move it. Yeah, hide that too. We have so much more, and I can see this is going to be very helpful, but we do need to take a quick break. We will be back in a moment on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Everyone worries, don't they? Well, just listen to the nightly news or read the economic forecast or even talk to your family. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel. Opportunities to worry present themselves many times during our day. So why would God tell us not to worry when it almost seems like it's impossible? First, he knows the physical damage worry does to our bodies. Second, he wants to calm us down by taking the burden of control away from us. Hey, we don't have control. No matter how much we think we do, he does. And third, he wants us to trust him. The root of worry is doubting God. Doubt is not trusting that God is who he says he is, or he will do what he says he will do. So every day, take your worries to God. Rehearse his goodness, accept his grace, and walk in the confidence that he is in control, and he's working all things for your good. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And if you'd like to follow Dr. Linda, you can do that at drlindamental.com. And of course, you can download the podcast of this program on your favorite platform like iTunes or go to myfaithradio.com. And the book that will help you with today's topic is Press Pause Before You Eat. So let's get back to some of the fixes for mindless eating that we all experience. 
How about stress? Doesn't that lead to a lot of mindless eating? It does. It does. It's a nervous habit for people. You either stop eating when they're stressed or they eat more. Which one are you? Um, believe it or not, I think I stop. I know. I, yeah. I used to be somebody who ate more when I was stressed, but I think as I got older, as I'm getting older here, I'm kind of not eating as much yeah. when I get stressed. But that is seems to be one of the influences on mindless eating. And you know, Chris, when stress is chronic, your body does release the hormone cortisol. And when cortisol stays high, which happens with stress, you keep reaching for the snacks. There's a connection there. Those desired snacks are usually high-fat comfort mm. foods. So what is the fix for this one other than to eliminate your stress, which isn't likely? There isn't really an easy way around this one, but it is partly to de-stress your life and as much as you can since eating is often the response to that. But controlling stress, finding ways to relax without food, so learn some basic stress management techniques. It seems like relaxing without food is key because eating can be very relaxing. It can be. Doing something else gets food off your mind as well. So distraction could help with this one. It's just easy to eat. It is. And the ease of eating and getting the food so easily is really a problem. So reaching for the ice cream is easier than making yourself get off the couch and do something else, right? Mm -hmm. Even though we know it would be better for us. But with intention... That's a habit you just want to start breaking. What about feeling tired? I think a lot of us mindlessly eat for that reason. Fatigue makes you want to eat. When mm -hmm. you don't sleep, here's what happens. The hormone ghrelin, that is an important hormone in your appetite. The rise in that hormone makes you hungry. Consequently, you feel hunger when you're not. Mm. Thus, the lack of sleep sets you up to overeat. And that's one of the reasons why sleep is so important. It actually helps your weight. So the fix here is get a good night's rest. When we say a good night's, we're usually talking about seven to nine hours, and that will really help fight this tendency to overeat. So sleep and exercise are two of the things that work against overeating. It's one of the best prescriptions mm. for weight loss that you'll ever get. So get sleep, lose weight. Bumper sticker? <laughs> <laughs> we're big on bumper stickers yeah. on this show. <laughs> we got to try a t-shirt for yeah, that Yeah, get sleep, lose weight. Yeah. I like it. Well, don't you think that a lot of us eat when we feel anxious? I mean, food can be calming and soothing. Yeah, and again, it's just there. So it's such an easy thing to use to calm yourself down and to deal with your anxiety. But you know, when you eat when you're anxious, that can be the beginning of binge eating for some people. And you get into this habit of sort of medicating yourself with food. A lot of the overweight people that I saw in my therapy work mm -hmm. had this. They were anxious as a child, and they used food as a way of calming them down. And sometimes that's the kind of the prompt to people becoming binge eaters as well. So the fix of this is get at the source of your anxiety and treat it. And you can also substitute another behavior like exercise or mindfulness or distraction. A distracted brain, as we've talked about in other shows, usually calms those anxious feelings down. And when you are trying to do that, you want to take your brain off of something that's making you anxious onto something that will calm you down. That will really help. I know one of the triggers for mindless eating is being around people who are eating. <laughs> that's true. That's let's, true. Let's say you're doing well on your eating plan. Okay. But then the weekend comes and friends go out to eat and they start ordering a lot of food. It's a social and fun time. And the next thing you know, you find yourself overindulging just because everyone else is doing the same. And you really even aren't that hungry, but the appetizer plate is right in front of you. So you pick a little here, pick a little there, and don't pay attention to the fact that you're really not even hungry. 
So you're mindlessly eating with friends oh, yes. is what you're yeah. describing. Mm -hmm. And when you add alcohol to that, then the eating can really increase. So here's the fix. The easiest way to solve the problem is to simply be aware of it. When you go out, eat slowly, pick at the appetizer if you can, maybe move it away from where you're, you know, you're directly sitting so that it would have to be a bigger reach for you, take a little bit more effort. But when you don't attend to this, you're just going to automatically do it because of those visual cues that we talked about. It's right mm. there. You're going to eat more. Okay, dinner is over. There's nothing to do. It's too cold outside or too hot. Uh, so you go in, turn on the TV, and to help with the boredom, you grab a bag of popcorn and then a soda. And then they're, hey, you know what? <laughs> There's also some chips. <laughs> and some the, cookies. Right. <laughs> cookies are there, too. Well, did you ever notice that when you're not bored, you're not thinking about food? Good point. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good point. So eating just passes the time. And and you want to avoid those sugary, high-fat foods. Very few people binge on carrots and hummus. If they do, I don't want to be around them. I know, anyway. I, but I actually do like carrots and hummus. <laughs> but it's not the first thing I think of when I'm just bored and I'm sitting in front of the television. So I think a, a really good strategy here is to, if you're bored, get up, do something active, do something else, paint, walk go into the garden, read, do something, engage, get physical. Right. Okay, well, let's talk about when bigger isn't better. Let's talk about the plate size. What you eat on and the glasses you drink out of make a difference. They do. They do. So using smaller plates, think about that. It's, this makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. uh, makes you think you've eaten more. Does okay. that make sense? If you have a smaller plate, right. put a small portion on it, it makes you think you've eaten more. Large plates do the opposite. Mm -hmm. You put the same portion on there and you go, oh, I haven't eaten very much at all. I can have three helpings of that because right. it didn't even fill the plate. Actually, then there's also studies on the type of glass you drink out of. So using a tall, thin glass instead of a wide, short one reduces the amount of liquid that you put in it, guess what, up to 57%. Hmm. So that's a visual trick. Okay. So you want to pick wide, short glasses to help you drink more water. Because mm -hmm. that would be good for you, right? And then tall ones to limit high-calorie beverages. So those tall, thin drinks. So just pay attention the next time you go into a restaurant yeah. and see what kind of glass they put things in. Are they always tall and skinny? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to pay attention to this yeah. now when I, when I go into a restaurant. And we all know that variety is the spice of life, but it does contribute to mindless eating. It does. And so actually reducing the variety of food flavors and colors of food and textures help you do better with eating. So there was a study about M&Ms. Oh, And they yeah. did one color M&M versus multicolor, and people ate more of the multicolored M&Ms. Really? So that variety seems to make us think, I want a little of this, I want a little of that, I want a little of this, and guess what? That adds up to a lot more eating. That's incredible. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that at all. Speaking of variety, I want to mix things up a little bit, and let's uh, take a quick break. But more on mindless eating and how our spiritual life can play a role. Is every spare minute of your life filled with some activity, event, or demand? If so, you could be suffering from a very common American disease. It's called overcommitment, and it has seeped into every area of our lives. I'm Dr. Linda, the relationship doctor, and yes, I'll admit it, I've fallen prey to overcommitment in my life just like I imagine you have. Saying no occasionally is the best defense against overcommitment. But if it's too late and you're already overcommitted, here's a little tip to help you make it through. In the busiest days, you can still stop and take five just for yourself. 
When your heart is racing and your thoughts are whirling inside your head, your effectiveness just plummets. But if you'll pause right in the middle of all the hubbub, maybe close your eyes, breathe deeply, and remind yourself that the current task will be completed, you'll feel an immediate sense of relief. Then you can head back into the job at hand with renewed focus and energy. And when the next chance comes to overcommit, it comes your way. You can work on your priorities by just saying, hey, no. There's no doubt about it. We are definitely living in the text, Twitter, and email age. The handwritten note has become quite the relic. But just because we don't write much with pen and paper anymore doesn't mean we should forsake the kind and encouraging message. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I want to encourage you to share a kind word. Even if it's a text, the power of telling a friend you're thinking of them, complimenting a success, or just saying, hey, hang in there, can make all the difference. If you've ever had your day interrupted by just a quick but genuine message from someone close, you know how a thought can raise your spirits, rejuvenate your mind, or help you stick on a difficult path because someone just cares. While you're listening right now, someone may come to mind, someone you can encourage with a few words. Take a minute and text, tweet, or email that person. Tell them you value them and the part they play in your life. It just might change their whole day. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Check out her website, drlindamental.com, and the book that relates to today's topic is Press Pause Before You Eat. And remember, our podcast can be listened to or shared anytime. Go to myfaithradio.com or your favorite podcast platform. And Dr. Linda, I do remember from that book, PAUSE, P-A-U-S-E, is an acronym. We're going to talk about that at the end of the show. That's right. We're going to go over that and make sure everybody understands that because that book was really about changing your relationship with food, Chris, and trying to get us to be more mindful in our eating process. That's right. Before we get into the spiritual side of mindless eating, I know it helps to slow down when we eat, and we Americans, and especially me, do tend to eat fast, and that probably means we eat more. We do, and scientists believe that taking at least 20 to 30 minutes to finish a meal allows your body time to release hormones that promote a feeling of fullness. So if you eat too fast, Mm -hmm. you're way ahead of that feeling of fullness. That extra time allows your brain to realize, oh, I've eaten enough (laughs) before you reach for that second serving. So eating also, here's another trick. I've never tried this, Mm -hmm. but eating with your non-dominant hand. (laughs) <laughs> it can would slow you down, right? It would, it would end up in my lap if I, I, if I did that. I'm thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, I don't know if I could get it to my mouth if I tried to eat left-handed. Well, that's the whole thing. You, you can't get it in your mouth. So. I know. So maybe you are eating less, <laughs> but it sure would make you more conscious of what you're eating, right? Right. And then using chopsticks mm, wow. kind of slows you down as well. Those are just two easy ways to sort of reduce the speed. Now, I think it'd be a little odd if you were using chopsticks and you're eating lasagna. Right. But you know what I'm saying? It, it's just, it's slower because it doesn't just grab everything with a fork. But chewing slowly can help as well. That was a trick we always said to mm-hmm. the, the people that were really trying to lose weight, just chew very slowly. It just makes you spend more time, which means, again, your brain says, hey, I've eaten. Yeah, you know? it, it gives that time to catch up and tell you that you're full. Well, it seems like we all have this mindless eating and battling with food so confused. So let's talk about a biblical approach to eating. This was really the essence of Press Pause Before You Eat. It was developing a 
positive relationship with food. Mm-hmm. And I really base this on looking at what happens in the Bible around food. So my take on this is that food should be enjoyed. It should be used in community. We read a lot of stories about people eating in the Bible at events, weddings, you know, get-togethers, feasts, Passover, all these different things. It's used for fellowship and celebration. I mean, Jesus ate with his disciples. He celebrated at weddings and feasts, and he was concerned about feeding the hungry. So God wants you to enjoy eating. And if you have developed a negative relationship with food, then that really needs to change because it needs to be much more positive. If food is your enemy, your source of constant battle, if you feel like it's controlling you or it feels out of your control, then what we're talking about today, becoming more mindful when you eat, could be very helpful. Let's go back to something you said. How do we know that God does want us to enjoy eating? So we go back to the very beginning. In the beginning, God created a garden. So isn't that interesting? Hmm. He put Adam and Eve in a garden, Yeah. right? And there were lots of delights in that from what we can tell. They were actually given the buffet of choices, right? They're in this garden. Genesis 2 says that they could eat freely of all the food in the garden, that this food was pleasant to the sight and good to eat. But then Adam was instructed, we know the story, not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because he would surely die. And of course, as the story is so familiar to us, the only tree they were told not to eat from Mm. became the tree Satan used to tempt them. And then this temptation set up the fall of man. I think since that time, food has been used for both enjoyment, but it's also become a source of temptation for many people. That is interesting because a lot of us fight with food when we feel deprived of it. And I've never thought about the don't eat from that tree connection. I know. I Thinking about food as something from which you are deprived begins to create a negative relationship with food. So Adam and Eve could have enjoyed all the delights that God gave them and created for them, but they focused on what they could not have. Mm. That's deprivation. When we do this, we set ourselves up for a fall. So as we get near to the end of the show, uh, give us the press-pause strategy from your book that we talked about just a minute ago uh, to help stop mindless eating. When we have the urge to eat and we're not really hungry, how do we eat with intention? So the P in the pause stands for purpose in your heart to become more aware of the eating. So that's the purpose right there. I'm going to become more aware. Mm -hmm. A is attend to the moment. Pay attention to your body, your mind, your emotions, your spirit when it comes to eating. The U stands for understand why you are eating at any given moment. Try to identify the why you eat. Am I busy? Am I stressed? Am I rushed? Whatever it is. And then the S is strategize ways to stop that mindless eating. All the things that we've talked about on today's show. And then the E is execute those changes. You have to act on what you know and what will help. You know, uh, last night it was late. I was doing some work, felt a little twinge of hunger, but I thought, you know what? I can go to bed. I don't have to eat right now. I'm not going, (laughs) this isn't going to adversely affect me if I just simply don't eat. So I did. And like you said earlier in the program, 15 minutes later, the hunger had gone away. Mm -hmm. And so that's a great example of mindless or mindful, Mm -hmm. mindful eating. So become mindful, pay attention to that and ask, why am I doing this right now? Why were you wanting food right then? 
probably out of boredom. Yeah, yeah. So there was the why. But then I also read the notes for this program. (laughs) (laughs) So you were preparing for this. Well, listen, if you want to stop mindless eating, develop a healthy relationship with food, just look back at what we talked about in terms of what God's creation in a garden was all about and what he wanted to give us. He always wants to give us good things. And food was a part of that. And then use it for its purposes, like we discussed, and be more aware of why you're eating and when you're eating. This is a habit you can change. You can become a mindful eater. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. Hey, from all of us here at Faith Radio, talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.